Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Lloyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is the extended edition of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to take a uh, real quick hit before we go to uh, former Senator Rick Santorum. Kara Hoffelmeyer stepped in. Uh, what is breaking? Boyd, we're learning that North Korea launched yet again another short-range, ballist- short-range ballistic missile. This is the third launch in just a week. They also launched two last week. We are hearing that these are no danger or threat to the U.S. They landed in the ocean nearby, but again, it's it's something we're all watching very closely, heightened tensions there, and it's something we'll continue to keep an eye on. Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Kira. Uh, great insight there, as always, on the breaking news. So we'll continue to follow that here on KSL News Radio. Uh, now, very excited to uh, bring in uh, just one of the good guys. One of the good guys. You don't, you don't meet a lot of really great people uh, in a lot of the places you go in politics, uh, but the. The opportunity I had to connect with former senator and former presidential candidate Rick Santorum uh, has been an absolute delight. And, uh, Rick, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Boyd. And uh, I'll just return the the very generous compliment. Uh, You've been uh, someone who uh, really made an impact uh, when you were on Capitol Hill and, uh, you know, obviously worked for a very principled guy. And and you were incredibly effective in, uh, in promoting. Uh, you know, traditional values and conservative values and, and getting things done. So congratulations to you and great to hear you on the radio. Oh, well, great. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us. I know you've had a long couple of days. Uh, you've been on the set there with CNN in Detroit uh, watching the uh, Democratic primary two nights unfold. Uh, well, what are your uh, major takeaways uh, from the two night? What struck you the most? Uh, you know, it's just how uh, how much... Uh, the uh, the Democratic Party has has moved to the left, and to see folks who are, you know, as as liberal and I would even use the term progressive as you would ever have seen in uh, in, in Democratic politics, complaining and attacking, uh, you know, the the Sanders Warren wing of the party as just being out of touch with reality uh, is just a remarkable thing to see and. The fact that on the first night, now, you know, Joe Biden was on the second night, so he was talking about Barack Obama all the time. But in the first night, Barack Obama's name was never mentioned. I right. Mean, it, it was simply Sanders and Warren holding court and doing effectively, I would say, batting away all the all the folks who were criticizing them like that. 
and and just laying out the new basis for the Democratic Party. It was uh, it was a, a chilling thing to see. Uh, I'm sure for Donald Trump, it was a very invigorating thing to see <laughs> because it, it it clearly is outside the mainstream of the country. And it's I just think it's very dangerous. I mean, these people are really extreme. And yet they are becoming the center of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I, I found that to be really stunning. And even last night, uh, I was saying earlier in the show, uh, I was just watching in stunned silence thinking, whoever would have predicted that you would have 10 known liberal uh, Democrats running for president on CNN bashing Barack Obama? That just seems like Twilight Zone material. I mean, we all, you know, when Obama was president, I mean, you were there. I mean, we felt this guy is, uh, this guy is, is certainly the most liberal president we've ever had. And he's, he is, he's, he's, like I said, yesterday's news, not, and in fact, he's, he's, uh, he's offensive. To, he's, you know, he offends most of the people on that stage, you know, from, uh, uh, not just, you're right, not just Warren and, and Sanders, but really the bulk of the field, the only, there's a handful, you know, two or three who would defend Obama. I mean, Governor Bullock in Montana the, the, the first night, obviously Senator Biden the second night. But most of them were, were you know, trying to vie for how extreme you can be to, you know, no, no criminal penalties and crossing the border. That law has been in effect since 1929. Right. We started to really have an immigration policy. And yet we have we have the Democratic Party just wanting to. As Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren said, have a, a revolution. They they believe that that the United States of America is foundationally flawed, and there needs to be a revolution. And the Democratic Party seems to be saying, "Yeah, we're in." Wow, it's uh, it, it really was a, a stunning couple of nights. And uh, I want to shift gears just a little bit. If you're just joining us, we've got former Senator Rick Santorum on the line with us, uh, one of the real principled uh, people in Washington, and a great voice on the national stage. Uh, and I want to ask you, because you have unique perspective into this, uh, and that is that uh, while the debates are really interesting, uh, you know, we saw in, from the first debate Kamala Harris had a nice moment but didn't really parlay that into any kind of movement in polls or anything else. Uh, tell us what it means in terms of how do you actually take a, a good debate and then actually have that make a difference on the ground in places like Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. You've seen that as a candidate. Uh, how hard is it to really make that move? Well, this is uh, the last two campaigns really different than anything I think we've ever seen. I, I'd, I'd like to think that the experience that I had in 2012 was was applicable to what we're going on here, but and it is to some degree, but the, the number of candidates is just overwhelming. And unlike the Republican Party, when you, you hear this all the time, Boyd, that you know, there are lanes that, that candidates run in. Right. You think of a track meet, you know, you have lanes. And uh, in the Republican Party, there was the social conservative lane, there's the establishment lane, there's the libertarian lane, uh, there's a populist lane. I mean, if someone even argues sort of a uh, you know, a, a, a sort of a businessman lane. There are multiple lanes for people to be able to maneuver and be able to take advantage of and sort of win that group of voters in a Republican primary. The Democratic Party is really down to two lanes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of uh, hard left progressives and socialists. And, and, and it's a, it, there really isn't any other lane. And so as a result, 
when you have 20 candidates and there's only two lanes, it's just very, very hard to, to break out. That's the reason Biden is doing as well as he is, is because it's just so hard for anybody else to, to sort of get past Warren and, and, and Sanders, who are well-known and, and have, you know, deep, deep roots in, the Dem- in, uh, in, in national politics, as the same as Biden. So how do you do it? Uh, you have to survive. I mean, this is really people keep forgetting how early we are in the presidential campaign. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, as someone who you know, ran twice, uh, it's all at this early stage when you're back in the pack, as I was, it's all about survival, which means you have to have moments of the debate, and particularly now with the, uh, with, the, with the requirements that you have to have to, to be able to stand in the, in the race. You have to have moments to be able to attract donors and to attract enough people on a poll to keep you in the game. Because once you get out of the debates, the chances of you coming back or hanging in there and coming back are very, very slim. That's great, great insight. Again, if you're just joining us, we have uh, former Senator Rick Santorum on the line with us giving some analysis. He was there in Detroit uh, providing analysis for uh, CNN. Uh, Senator, we've got just about a a minute left, and... uh, What's the what's the one thing, uh, kind of Democrat politics aside, what's the one thing you wish we were having a conversation about in this country that we're not? Well, I mean, look, I, I, and I'm not saying this just because I'm talking to folks in Utah, but the most important thing that's really uh, at the core of this country, and you hear my little girl in the background, so she's right on cue, uh, <laughs> is the family. Uh, the the breakdown of the family and, and, and the fact that our birth rate now is below, you know, is, is almost Western European, below replacement rate. I mean, this is this is a crisis, and, and we need to do look at and, and Mike, Mike Lee, you know, again, I want to tip my hat to him. You know, others are trying to do some things to see what we can do to nurture the family. Government has been, for the last 40 or 50 years, you know, doing everything they can to undermine and hurt. Obviously, the popular culture is undermining traditional family. News media is undermining traditional family. You know, we need we need us as conservatives to understand that you can't have limited government if you don't have strong families. Mm. And, and you can't have low taxes. and You can't have a strong economy if you don't have strong families. And so to me, that that would you're not going to hear that on the Democratic side. But it would be great if Republicans you know, led by folks like Mike Lee, could really make this an important thing. I think it would resonate well in our country. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to let you go. And, uh, again, really appreciate you taking time out. I know you've got to be exhausted from a couple of days and uh, a long car ride uh, ahead. But, as (laughs) always, I appreciate your principled stand and your great insight. Uh, Really one of the great Americans. Uh, Thanks for joining us here on Inside Sources today. God bless you, boy. Thank you so much. All right. There he goes. That's uh, former Senator Rick Santorum, again, one of the great voices. Uh, always love listening to his uh, analysis and insight. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about another principled politician, Joe Lieberman, and the integrity of compromise. Yes, I said that. The integrity of compromise. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, right here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? 
Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.